0: So ready, Jesse. Wait, what were you I, gonna say?
2: I was just gonna say, like, this is this is it. This is the conclusion, right? Yes, not the conclusion, right? But the conclusion, yeah. comma, right? If Chris Question can, uh, control it is the conclusion,
0: himself, right, too. We'll finish the season of this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What'd you
1: say if I keep from blathering on?
0: Yeah, if you, yeah, well,
1: yeah. <sighs> can I just okay. say, and
0: see, you know, last episode, I love you guys, <gasps> likewise, the, the caffeine is just like. It's making all those endorphins just flow out of my hypothalamus or wherever they come from. So Yeah,
2: okay. Yesterday was a
0: bad liturgical day. From not, you know, I was in a mood yesterday. All the news, ecclesiastical news, and things changing. I don't like change.
2: But yeah. I sent you a funny meme, right? You did. You oh, it was
0: very funny. It was the only architectural <laughs> joke meme I've ever seen. It was called Arch Enemies, and there was a round arch on one side, and a slightly different arch on the other side. And one said, I hate
2: you, and the other one said, I hope you fall down. <laughs> two arches arch enemies <laughs> hating each other
1: did you come up with that Jesse no, no. here I'm I not said that, uh, I'm not that funny we shouldn't talk You're so right, much and
0: here I am talking
1: yeah okay let's conclude with concluding let's get this over with okay the concluding rights so, <laughs> conclude with concluding <laughs> so it's number 90 in the germ and number 140 at page 671 okay yeah. And there's four parts to the concluding rights brief announcements the blessing, the dismissal and the veneration of the altar. So let's take these uh, one at a time. Brief announcements,
0: if they are necessary. If they are
1: necessary, any brief announcements follow. Now, sometimes uh, what you'll find is the vessels will be purified and then announcements are made and then there's a prayer for communion. And that's not supposed to happen.
0: What about the old school announcements before the homily?
1: That's not supposed to happen either. Okay okay so yeah if uh, so if brief announcements are to be made it's after the prayer after communion but before the blessing and dismissal and veneration but that's it yeah it's if necessary and even uh, who does the oh who makes the announcements a commentator whoever
2: was the lector whoever <laughs> just, has the little my note card in their hand
1: it says uh, uh this is at one eighty-three. When the distribution is commune, uh, no, that's not it. Um, once the prayer of communion has been said, the deacon makes brief announcements to the people, if needed, if any, if indeed any need to be made, comma unless the priest prefers to do it himself. Huh. We, t- we talked about this before. Again, you know, the the deacon's role is to be kind of that bridge between, in a certain way, between uh, sanctuary and nave. You know, almost like the priest is saving his breath, saving his words for the the particularly sacred ones. But So the priest can do it, but it's interesting, yeah, that the, the deacon is given a first uh, chance to do it. Yeah, and you know, as I remember Sister uh, Sarah
0: Butler of uh, Mundelein teaching history once said that in the Western church, deacons are kind of like glorified altar boys. <laughs> it's just not very nice to say about mm-hmm. permanent deacons, but in some ways, they don't have that much to do compared to the Eastern rites. So, you know, we should let
1: them do what they're yeah. supposed
2: to do. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, again, let's go back to the book and <laughs> do what the book says. Yeah, I, I think I heard this that in the eastern uh churches they're likened to the angels, uh, that who's it, Jacob saw ascending and descending uh, uh the ladder to heaven. That's what the deacon does, is this uh this joining, this bridging between heaven and earth that is uh, you know, kinda architecturally symbolized by the sanctuary and the nave. Like anyway. it anyway. Okay. All right. Uh, the second part is, uh, so this is 90 at letter B, the priest's greeting and blessing, which on certain days and occasions is expanded and expressed by the prayer over the people or by another solemn formula. Okay. So That's if a good looking,
0: question. When do you use those?
1: Well, let, let's, uh, well, okay. Let's. Let, so there's three types of blessings that can conclude the Mass. Okay. The simplest one is the Lord be with you and with your spirit. Which, uh, should that be sung? Well, it all should be sung, Yes, it's a dialogue. dialogue. Yeah, it's a dialogue. That's number one stuff to sing. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, so that's the first one. Then look at uh, 142 in the order of Mass. On certain days or occasions... This formula of blessing is preceded in accordance with their rubrics by another more solemn blessing. So look at these, um, the first one is called, let's look at the solemn blessing. And this pontifical is on- Pontifical mass, it says. This, What's well, a pontifical mass? No, 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 we're, we're gonna skip that one for now. We're oh, leaving sorry. bishops out of this. Aww. Yeah, the bishop has his own blessing. Um, the Lord be with you and with, what does it say? The Lord be with you and with your spirit.
0: Blessed be the name of the Lord
1: now and, now forever. and forever. Our help is in the name and of the, the Lord. who made and heaven and earth. Yeah which is an interesting kind of blessing theology too, right? What does he say? Blessed be the name of the Lord. And this is what ticks everybody off about the book of blessings because it's always so concerned with blessing the Lord, bless the Lord, but I want my car to be blessed. (laughs) Well, your car can be blessed, but the first object of blessings is the Lord. Mm -hmm. Or think of even uh, a benediction, which is blessing, of the blessed sacrament. You have those divine praises, Blessed be God. Blessed be His holy name. Blessed be Jesus Christ. So, the blessing is ascending from us to God, as well as from God to us. Anyway, the solemn blessing. Uh, uh, this that is that part our-
0: that says blessings at the end of Mass and prayers over
1: the people. Is that?
0: That's it. That's oh. it. Okay. Yeah, there's so some big the long first. blessings there, huh?
1: There are. So, uh, what's the? Uh, well, what do the rubrics say? Uh, see the following
0: blessings may be used at the discretion of the priest at the end of the celebration of Mass. Or of a liturgy of the word, or of the office, or of the sacraments. I guess that means as a liturgy of the word alone, right? Not just uh-huh. after the liturgy of the word,
1: right? And so to your question, when did these? When are these used? Here's here's some of it. So how mm-hmm. do they work?
0: Uh, the deacon, or in his absence, the priest himself says the invitation. Bow down for the blessing, and the priest, with hands extended over the people, says the blessing with all responding,
1: "Amen." All right. So, the Lord be with you, and with your spirit. The deacon says, sings. Bow down for the blessing, and then the priest has these. The solemn blessing is that sort of three part. Each of them end with an amen. I don't know how you, what your guys' experience of this is like. <laughs> I don't know if Catholics are chewing gum at this point or what, but it's like this is like one of the hardest things in Mass.
0: To get people
1: to say amen to? Yeah, so then you get this uh, instruction by the priest before the solemn blessing to please respond amen at uh, each of the invocations. because,
0: Or he says amen for the people at the first one, and then they pick it up by the third
1: one. Yeah, or he anticipates them. All right, so this is three part, each ending with amen. And the fourth part, and may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever.
0: And so, there's a whole bunch of different ones here, right? So Oh, yeah.
1: Ascension, yeah. Holy
0: Spirit, Easter time, mm-hmm. Passion, mm-hmm. Epiphany. Right.
1: Now, so, somebody pointed this out to me is that, see if you guys do this, right? So the deacon says, bow down for the blessing. And then you get number one, amen. Number two, amen. Number three, amen. And then it seems most people's instinct is to stand up at that point mm-hmm. when the actual blessing Hasn't happened. So stay bowed down for the blessing all the way through that, uh, the end of the final one.
2: Anyway. Okay. So, oh yeah. Right? I know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, now I'm gonna have to think about that. Yeah,
1: see what you're tempted to do the next time you get a solemn blessing. Most people stand up for the actual and may the blessing of almighty God. Okay. Then the third type is what's called prayers over the people. Do you see those in the missile? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have the same sort of instruction, the following prayers may be used. The deacon or his absence, the priest says the invitation, bow down for the blessing. And these are just like one paragraph things. Okay? Now, with the third edition of the Roman Missal, they included these, for example, on every weekday in Lent. They weren't in the 85 sacramentary, but they had been a part of the tradition. So this is how this would work. The Lord be with you and with your spirit, bow down for the blessing. Be gracious to your people, O Lord, and do not withhold consolation on earth from those you call to strive for heaven. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down on you and remain with you forever. Amen. So <laughs> notice when Lent comes around next year, there's one of these every single day for Lent, and there's all sorts of variations on, uh, legitimate variations on how this takes place. Part of the reason is, is the instructions are in the after the order of mass, and they're not in the proper of time where the, the they appear. But so with so those can, can, can I ask you a clarifying
2: question, yeah, Chris, sure. about the remaining bowed for the final blessing? Mm-hmm. Aren't we supposed to do the sign of the cross? Mm-hmm. During, okay, so are we doing the sign of the cross while we're bowed? I think so, yeah. So we're like, we're bowing, we're you know, bending over, we're bowing, and we're doing the sign of the cross while bowed. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. The huh. the deacon does this too when he asks for the your blessing father before the proclamation of the gospel. He's oh, bound down right. and he makes a sign of the cross too. So
2: I I that that's a, that kind of confuses me because mm. in kind of liturgical norms the church always separates things, you know what I mean? Like the genuf- there's a genuflection and then there's a sign of the cross. There's mm. no like prescribed genuflection and sign of the cross. Mm. So yeah. that's confusing to me. But yeah. But now that I know, that's what I'm going to do. But,
0: Chris, ring, 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 ring. I'm calling your office of worship. I'm pastor whoever. And I want to do things right. And there are all these options, right? There's three parts of the amens. There's one thing with an amen. There's the, you know, not using these long blessings at all. What's the, I mean, it just says if appropriate. Well, how do we determine what's appropriate? Is it for feasts of higher solemnity that they would get more solemn blessings? Or is it because the priest
1: feels like
0: it that day. Because it does say, at the
1: discretion of the priest, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I think, you know, a little commentary here is what, what some people dislike about the current missile is there's a variety of options, and there's a lot of discretion that is left to the priest, and they think that's a bad thing. And if not done with intelligence, it can be a bad thing. I mean, there's a lot of demands, I think, in some ways, more demands made on the priest celebrant. In the current missile than the preconciliar missile, you got to think, you got to be smart about this. Well, what's what's appropriate? If it's not up, if it isn't up to my preference, well, when am I going to do this? I and mean, I think some of the things that would come into that is sort of progressive solemnity. If it's on a Sunday, especially the principal mass on a Sunday, if there are proper solemn blessings, as you pointed out, for Ascension or Pentecost or something. Well, if it's in the book, that would be a good time to do it. Versus maybe I don't know a Sunday in the fourteenth week in ordinary time or something like that, but. That that seems to be part of the thought process that would go into, is it appropriate or not?
0: So every Sunday is a solemnity, so does it seem like that's a good time to use it? Weekdays, maybe, you know, people have to get to work at 6.30 a.m. mass. Yeah. Maybe that's not the most mm-hmm. appropriate time. I think but so. But you just said something I want to ask you about. You said the principal mass on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now, I know we used to talk about high mass and low mass and mm-hmm. principal mass being fuller and all. Is that, is that a liturgical principle that's actually in the books, or is that just a cultural thing
1: that... We uh, we still do no one's principal p a l principal yep. mass and liturgical principle is p l e. No, I <do>. sorry, <laughs> I'm
2: sorry,
1: but is it actually that, written? I like it. Liturgical principle. bingo. Well, there there yeah. is a principal. Uh, that's a good question, Dennis. I don't know if principal mass. Yeah, the high mass, low mass doesn't seem to be. Even though Musicam Sacrum still in 1967 talked about high mass, low mass. Maybe they didn't. I don't. know. It could be wrong there, but no, it doesn't seem to be part of the lexicon now, uh, referring to the to the mass. Uh, high mass, low mass certainly isn't. I don't right. know if principle be, is or not.
2: Could it be in connection with the pastor as opposed to an associate pastor or a visiting priest? Or?
1: No, I think um, I think we all know what it means. You know, the the seven a.m. mass on Sunday or the four thirty mass on Saturday night is different from the ten a.m. mass on Sunday.
2: Right. right, And,
0: and I'm uh, asking, is there actually a footnotable I don't line know. somewhere that says every parish should have a principal mass on a Sunday? I don't know.
2: Okay. No.
1: I don't good, because
0: that's question. like our liturgical brain, because I don't know either. So I'm glad mm. to share that
1: part of the How, how about How about if we do a liturgy question after this, we can take a few minutes and see if we can find the answer. So, right. Hear right that, right Kunigunda,
0: send us a liturgy question fast. <laughs>
1: All right, let's go to letter C. Uh, next is the dismissal of the people by the deacon or the priest. Why? So that each may go back to doing good works, praising and blessing God. Now, a couple of things to note here is uh, in the Preconciliar Mass, this order was reversed, right? So you would have Ite Misa Es Deo gratias," and then you would have the blessing.
0: Mm.
1: And in the current dismissal it's the other way around it's the blessing followed by the dismissal what's up with that
0: well it doesn't it seems strange to say go and then kind of like throw the blessing at you on the way out right it seems more mm-hmm. makes more sense to have the blessing and then take that blessing and go
1: yeah i think uh in one of the books i read it said that you know when when, when the bishop leaves mass and he's walking down the aisle to the recessional song what is he doing blessing people he's blessing people mm-hmm. that is where i think the genesis of this is is that the priest would be leaving sort of like the bishop does today in blessing people uh, as he returned to the sacristy okay so you'd have this dismissal and then blessing on your way out but again it's reversed now in the in the current liturgical books but the purpose so that each may go back to doing good works praising and blessing god so each of the four Dismissals begins with a word. Go. Go, go. And in Latin, what is it, Dennis? Ite. Ite. And so this is another one of those imperatives. It's not a it's not a, a um, subjunctive to go and have a nice day. It's a command to exit. In fact, ex ite is, is the etymology of exit. You know, it's get out. Oh, yeah. Get go out. out.
0: Yeah. yeah. So now, the, there are the f- four options here, and we'll talk about them. Does this mm-hmm. mean these are the only four licit options? I think so. People can't make up their own slight version of it or whatever.
1: No, I mean, in the Missal, it will say, in these or similar words at different points, but it doesn't... does not say it here. Uh, it doesn't say that there. So what are the four options? Go forth, the Mass is ended. That's the more traditional one, I guess, The that est.
2: Go, Go and announce in peace, to love God. and serve the Lord.
0: No, okay. that's an old one that is... I don't know if that was ever in the missile. <laughs> 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 go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. And simple, go in peace. Yeah. Thanks be to God.
1: Yeah. What's the, I think we've talked about this on a podcast. So the, the, the Latin, uh, the traditional Latin dismissal is ite misa est. Yes. How would you translate that? Or what does it, it mean literally? It's been sent, right? Yeah, go, isn't it? Go, it is sent. Mm-hmm. What's the it? Well, this is the,
0: this is the question. You know, I knew uh, you'd know. I'm I'm fond of this discussion, although I can't say that I I have like footnotable sources other than our one favorite, Dr. Lynn Boughton from the Liturgical Institute, who talks about the word misé was the sending that's mentioned in the Eucharistic Prayer One or the Roman Canon that may your altar take may your angel take this to your altar in heaven and that the misé was the actual the name for kind of this not quite an epiclesis whatever the sending up is versus mm. the calling down and so it really means that the eucharistic liturgy or the eucharistic prayer is ended communion mm. is ended and therefore you didn't mean the whole mass was over um, and now we translated the mass is ended as opposed to it has been sent it's interesting that yeah. it would be nice to have someone do some serious theological work on that.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure somebody has. <laughs> we yeah. just don't end, know about it.
0: End and sentina, <clears throat> not, not the same thing.
1: Yeah, well what's the, the 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 root of mise is it's like missile or missive right. or message. Uh, it yeah. means to or message. Yeah, so it, it, it is a sending out. I think I uh, remember Father Aidan Kavanaugh would talk about there used to be uh, numerous mise throughout the mass so you would send For example, I think he talked about it in terms of sending the catechumens out before the liturgy of the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. So you'd have different misae, apparently, uh, throughout. But yeah, yeah, Aquinas talks about this word.
0: Aquinas talks about this word in the Summa somewhere. I don't have the citation off the top of my head, but it's easy enough to find if you know how to search the Summa Mm -hmm. about the sending, the angel, altar in heaven. Um, I think Dr. Bouton said, too, there was somebody who's the great saint of of Milan. Ambrose. Ambrose, yeah, writes about how some crowd burst into the church to disrupt the mass, and he mm. said, "I was just about to start the missa, oh, right. the crowd that's burst right. in." And then finally, when they left, he continued with the missa, and he was talking about the eucharistic prayer. Hmm. So it's a word that uh, has many many meanings, but the point is, the sending is ended, right? The eucharistic prayer is ended. The mass, as a whole thing, is ended. Mm-hmm. So go take all these graces out and transform mm. the world. Go make a difference.
1: All right, Dennis, enough of that. Deacon. So, at letter D here at number 90 in the germ, the fourth and final part is the kissing of the altar by the priest and deacon, followed by the profound bow to the altar by the priest, deacon, and other ministers. So, um, we were doing a deacon formation for permanent deacons. We would talk about the veneration of the altar. But with the, the veneration of the altar is two parts there's the kissing and the bowing. Mm-hmm. So, the veneration is these two parts the kissing of the altar and then the the profound bow, and of course, in the old days when the
0: tabernacle was there, they would have a genuflection, probably.
1: Yeah, and I, well, I suppose even <laughs> did we did we talk about this at the beginning of math? If there is still a tabernacle there, you probably do the genuflection as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. and what about um, so? Is that it? Look like at number ninety. or... 80? Well, you have the
2: recessional hymn. That's oh yeah. What is? It? What do you see? That,
1: what's the instructions there about the recessional hymn, uh, Jesse?
2: There are none? Doesn't exist? All right, ain't nothing there.
1: Yeah.
0: I like to say with an Italian accent for some reason, she no, she no exists. She does not exist.
1: <laughs> yeah, so what do you make of that?
0: Well, it's not really considered a moment to uh, bookend with another song. You have an entrance chant right? It's preparing you. You have an offertory chant that's preparing you. You have a communion chant that's telling you what you're doing. But when Mass is over, get out, right? Or sing five verses of a slow lugubrious hymn and then get out. Right? It seems to me, <laughs> you say your thanks and you go.
1: It's you know, it is kind of like go make a difference is sort of the you, you want that ringing in your ears. You want that uh, "ite misa est" to be sort of the, that's the that's the last words on the church's lips is for you to uh, to have in mind as you as you blast out of the church doors, make. Uh, Make something happen, but now in the in the bishop's document, sing to the Lord that it talks about a closing hymn, and so it's it's optional. But I think it's it's noteworthy that not nowhere in the general instruction of the Roman Missal or the the Missal here uh, that we celebrate from is the concluding song ever even mentioned. And I think that um, I don't know. I, I, this is what we do with the liturgy, right? We 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 wonder why not because we're skeptics, but what's the church trying to say by all of this, right? And if the popes from John Paul to uh, Pope Benedict to Pope Francis are trying to get us to go back to the book and celebrate according to the book, then I think this is something that pastors and uh, people and music directors ought to be aware of. I think there's a kind of liturgical
0: principle that's actually not a liturgical principle. It's a de facto liturgical principle, not a de jure liturgical principle that quiet places in the mass tend to get filled up with stuff, Mm. right? Where it says, silence, we want to sing a song. We, we just don't feel comfortable with songs. I mean, people maybe from the post-conciliar era say, oh, people have to be participating. And participating means keep them busy. Every time there's a quiet part, give them something to do. If the priest walks without accompanying vamp, you know, piano music, something's wrong. And uh, I think we have to fight that, that inclination in us to we're, fill We're just
2: uncomfortable up. with spaces, you know? Like we, we, I, I remember when my wife and I moved into a bigger home for the first time. And I, there was like a big empty wall and I was just like, oh to put something there. We gotta put a couch there or like a, a table or something because it just looks empty, you know? So we I need to be across, a little more zen than
1: is what you're saying. <laughs> I came across this line. Uh, it's in uh, part four of the catechism on contemplative prayer. And it says, I think this is exactly what it says is, silence is the symbol of heaven. Mm. Silence is the symbol of heaven. It's symbol? So, yeah, if
2: you're- Like a drum symbol?
1: <laughs> so if you're, <laughs> if you're uncomfortable with silence here, you might not like heaven very much. But yeah, it's a, it's a key part of the liturgy that we can stand right. to work on. But. So I love it when
0: the priest says, eat him, they line up, and then the organist starts playing some post-lute mm-hmm. or whatever and just fills the room with all this glorious mm-hmm. sound. And people pray for a second and then start going out. There's a beautiful thing that happens at Benedictine here, and it almost happens nowhere else. You have a giant church, right? So 700 people, 800 people had a big thing. They all go out silently. There's no talking. It's like the fascinating thing to watch, even when there's no postlude or anything. People here are just so well formed that you hear the rustling, but it's still quiet until they get out of the
2: church. I rem- that happens. We do that at the LI a lot of times, uh, especially because we have this little chapel and we don't have any organ or you know musician that day. And I remember when I first started working here, I felt uncomfortable because I was like. <laughs> This is different, this mm-hmm. is weird. But then I grew to know and love it because it, it seemed like a reverent way to, you know, have have mass and then kind of go go out. Yeah. You know,
1: just uh, doubling down on that point, I, so we had this Monsignor Mark Karen, who's an L.I. alum. He wrote this series for us, 25-part series in Adoramus called- You know, Liturgical we should
0: that as a book.
1: Traditions. It's in the works. It's in the oh, works. good. And uh, he claims that there's no incense that leads the procession out at the end of mass. But what reminded me of this, Dennis, is your point before is there's a chant to prepare you at the entrance and a chant to prepare you at the off tour and a chant to prepare you to receive communion. But there is no chant on the exit. And there's none of this incense either. Or procession. Yeah. There's something different going on here that, I don't know, we could stand to it, uh, be more attuned to. But anyway, that that kind of wraps up, I think, what we were about in this. uh, We're finally done.
2: Wow, but I, that's uh, uh, <laughs> should we go in
1: silence yeah, like we, like the mass? <laughs> yeah, let's not have this a podcast. Question. has
2: ended, go in peace? We'll do Hallelujah. it like
1: we'll do it like uh, the old TV shows at one a.m. It just
0: <sighs> well,
2: we have to. come
1: hum- <laughs> we hum hum the, the national anthem
0: the first with a yeah. big picture of the Iwo Jima
1: monument? That's what I always remember. No,
2: moment. we're not done. We have to answer a little. Well, but hey,
1: I want to I want to leave, leave with just a couple of lines here from. Right, the the genesis of this was *Traditionis Custodes*. Yes, and there's a couple of lines in. It's either the the *motu proprio* or the accompanying letter. I think it's the accompanying letter. Pope Francis writes: "Whoever wishes to celebrate with devotion according to earlier forms of the liturgy can find in the reformed Roman Missal, according to the Second Vatican Council, all the elements of the Roman rite." All right, and so what what we're about here at uh, you know the L.I. and Benedictine and uh, Autoramus and liturgy guys is what's the book say, you know? There's that line from Chesterton that we use sometimes. It's it's not that the liturgy, the reform liturgy has been tried and failed. It's just never been tried. (laughs) (laughs) And I think going through these podcasts, I hope, you know, people noticed, you know, sort of unfortunately, a lot of things though that, oh, well, we don't do that. I didn't know that. I've never seen that. I've never heard that. And this could go a long way to, I, you know, I, I think traditionis Custodis is written as much to those of us who attend principally the, the post-conciliar mass as it is to you know, uh, people who attend the, the pre-conciliar liturgy. We have a job to do it right. And I, two moments that I
0: remember from the Liturgical Institute when I was still there was one, well, this was actually through the seminary, they had a Melkite rite mass celebrated on a Sunday. And people came from a local Melkite church, they brought their choir, they brought their servers and everything, and they sang every word. There was hardly any silence in it, but the choir was leading us, the deacon was telling us, constant, linear, and kind of flowing from one side to the other. I mean, there was silence where there was supposed to be silence, but it was very much um, participatory and in a certain way busy, but busy with the right itself, not busy mm-hmm. with junky things. And so, oh, I remember the bulb went off from over my head, Oh, this is what active participation was supposed to be. Do the words of the liturgy, sing them, make them elevated, make them glorified. The other was we had the um, the right as it's done in the chair of Peter, you know, the personal ordinary, ordinary. They, the, mm-hmm. they call it the Anglican ordinary, but I think they don't like that very much. Um, and it was all in English. It was utter intim. They had the deacon come out and hold the missal, and I mean the the gospel, and then it was sung, and it was. Beautiful. Even concelebrating, I still talk a picture of it because all the priests who were concelebrating were all facing east and the high priest was up at the, not the high priest, but the principal celebrant was up at the high altar. It was like, oh yeah, if we did this with this beauty and this significance, it would be really, really good. And I remember Cardinal Ratzinger saying before he was pope, if you celebrate an unearned mass, in the current missal, in Latin, with proper servers, with beautiful chant, with incense, with beautiful vestments, it would take a scholar of significant sophistication to even know that the books have been revised at all.
1: And I think well, it, isn't it what that line is, those who wish to celebrate with devotion according to the early forms can find everything they want in the the current missal. Yeah, it's and those who don't can also
0: nonsense. find everything they want in the current missal.
1: So it's not really
0: about, <laughs> it's not really about the missal, is it? It's about what people choose to do and how they understand the mm. nature of liturgy yeah. itself. So. I don't know. How many episodes of Liturgy Guys will this be in the sixth season now? Like uh,
2: 250? Uh, well, this is episode 34
0: <laughs> of really? the season. Wow. But in all of six season. seasons, we'll, we'll be coming up on over 200 We're probably. just right?
2: shy of two, 250 podcast episodes. All right. How
0: many words? <laughs> we'd say called, how many words have been spoken?
2: <laughs> Too many. Too many. <laughs>
1: all right. Good job, guys. All right.
2: Liturgy question? Sure. Yeah. All right. Oh, oh, Moses, Moses! Why do you question me? Why do you care?
0: Today we have a similar debate over this. Anyone know what this is, class? Anyone? In my case, sir, the question is totally without
1: meaning.
2: All right, we talked about this in this episode, so we thought it would be a really good liturgy question and yeah. take a time, uh, take time out, look at it. Uh, and by we, I mean you. And uh, to emailed us it.
0: in real time.
2: It's awesome. Uh, I, That we're talking about the principal mass, right? We had uh, Dennis. You asked Chris about that during the episode. So, what what have we learned, gentlemen? Well, here's the question: A principal
0: mass would be on a Sunday. Maybe your parish has three, four, even five masses. You know, if they're early in the morning, they might not be as high in their level of solemnity. And usually, people put the principal mass, you know, later in the morning. Maybe it's at noon or eleven, something like that, where you can really have the choir and you have the processions and you you celebrate the liturgy at this full level of solemnity. And I asked if the principal mass a thing hmm. that's like actually prescribed in the book or recommended, or is it just a custom back from the old days of high mass and low mass?
1: And Chris says he has an answer. I do. What's your answer, So the, uh, the, the term principal mass appears a handful of times in the Roman Missal. For example, uh, this is at number 199 in the German. It's speaking about when to employ concelebration. Okay? When is concelebration recommended? And one of those is at the principal mass in churches and oratories. So there's one. The term also appears on Palm Sunday because there's three different forms of uh, entrance at Palm Sunday. There's the procession, or the solemn entrance, or the simple entrance. And the solemn entrance takes place when? Before the, well, the procession or solemn entrance takes place at the principal mass. So anyway, it is a uh, term that's, uh, I don't know, canonized, codified, whatever, in uh, the Missal that I I suppose has, you know, connections to maybe the high mass, low mass uh, distinction for the Preconciliar Liturgy. But yeah, it's not just a common term. It is actually uh, on the books, in the books.
0: Yeah, it seems totally consonant with the idea of progressive solemnity for different
2: needs and occasions. And uh, good. Glad to know it's a real thing. Yep, it is. All right. Chris, do you want to take a take a stab at the closing uh, sure.
1: statement? Okay. All right, gentlemen. So thank you for this question. Uh, 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 Kudagunda, thank you for uh, sending this in. And if you have a liturgy question, you can always email that question to questions at liturgyguys.com or you can call Dennis's office at uh, Benedictine <laughs> College. At 847 at <laughs> Thank you, and God bless. How was that?
0: Oh,
2: that's what I forgot to do last time. Thank you, and God bless. (laughs)
1: Bingo! Another episode of Liturgy Guys has mercifully come to an end.
2: Our hosts are Chris Get Out of My Dreams and Into My Carsons, Dennis Big McNamara, and Jesse yoyo Weiler.
1: Our producers
0: are Michael Don't Be So coy, and Nathan First Round Draft Pickman. Our epiclesis
1: inspector is Isabel Ringing. Our liturgical bookkeeper is Miss L. Romano. Our official aerobics instructor is Jen Uflect. Our enforcer of choral discipline is Don B. Flat.
2: Our official rubrics interpreter is Dewey Neal. Our
1: self-gift provider is Kenosis. Our simplicity enforcer is Franz Siskin.
2: And lastly, our crack team of confessors is Dewey Schreibam and Howe. And even though overstalls become understalls
0: when they hear us say it, we are the, the Liturgy, Liturgy Guys. Guys.